Hello friend, the moon is new, Mercury is direct, and we are out of eclipse season finally. So I think this new moon particularly will be a good time to set some stuff into motion if you haven't already to really ignite your fire of whatever you're trying to accomplish uh, over the next few months, over this year. It's a great time for taking action. Stick around, we'll talk about all of the astrological details of why, caveats, things to be on the lookout for, and all of that, and we'll end with yoga practices and journal prompts to work with this new moon that's happening this week, tomorrow, May 19th, in Sidereal Taurus. So first of all, warm welcome to the Yogi Scopes podcast. I'm your host, Rosemary Holbrook. I'm a sidereal astrologer, a Vedic sidereal astrologer, which is why I say this new moon's happening in Taurus. I guess the other folks... Uh, the kids on the internet are saying that it's, uh, what is it? It's always a sign ahead. So Gemini maybe, or sorry. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I try to keep up sometimes because I know some folks are like, they come and they're confused. They're like, wait, what sign is the new moon in? It's in sidereal Taurus. If you don't, if you're unfamiliar with the sidereal Zodiac, Zodiac, I have some resources on my website, yogiscopes.com. You can click the articles link at the top and just go plundering or, um, you can even search by topic on there. There aren't that many. But um, anyway, so I'm Rosemary Holbrook. I don't know if I already said that. Holbrook. Tripping over my words today. Um, and yeah, so we do Vedic astrology here, which is perfect. It goes with yoga practices so well. If you're, This is actually a personal soapbox of mine. If you are a yoga person, a yogi, a yoga teacher, a yoga practitioner, and you're pairing astrology with yoga, I just... Think, why would you not use Vedic astrology? Anyway, welcome. Maybe because you don't know it. Stick around and you will. So um, we have a new moon happening. N now we're already under the new moon phase. The moon is not quite into Taurus yet as I'm recording this. Um, it will be in the very early degrees of Taurus where this new moon is happening. So it's happening tomorrow as I'm recording this, getting this out a little late. My apologies. I've been working very hard on something very big this week. So, um, more details on that in a moment, but, um, the, the new moon is happening at 1152 AM on the dot Eastern time. I don't always tell you like down to the second, what time stuff is happening, but I just thought it was interesting that this new moon is happening like right at the strike of 1152 AM. Anyway, that doesn't really have any significance. I just thought it was cool. Um, so it's in Kritika Nakshatra, and we're going to talk about what that means, what the, you know, all the mythology and symbology of the Nakshatra, as well as the moon being in Taurus, um, so that we can know how to arrive at, how to thread these themes into your yoga practice, how we arrive at the journal prompts, how you can work with this energy in your personal life. So first of all, important thing to know like I said a moment ago, your mind might be the clearest, is, I didn't say this, but for the thing, the, the reasons I said at the very beginning of the episode, Mercury's direct, the moon is exalted in Taurus, um, and we're at the, this new moon marks officially the end of eclipse season, the end of the shadow period, we're in a completely new lunar cycle now, so your thinking and your mind and your emotional state might be the clearest it's been in about six weeks. And that's fantastic. And also, Kritika Nakshatra has um, connections to like uh, clarity, um, having 
Viveka is what I would think of the word, the, um, like keen discernment, like that's a very strong quality of Krishika Nakshatra. So we'll talk about it some more about why and stuff, but if there was ever a time to, um, with Mercury direct in Aries, it's a time for like quick thinking, thinking quickly on your feet, um, and taking decisive action that's with Mercury direct. And then we have this new moon time to set intentions. The moon is exalted in Taurus, which means the moon is functioning, um, really at its best. Like a, a, a planet in its exaltation sign is going to express its qualities like the best. And so we have the ruler of where Mercury is placed right now, the dispositor for Mercury basically is debilitated. That's Mars. Mars is debilitated in Cancer. So that's the caveat I wanted to kind of mention at the beginning. I was like, it's a really good time for taking forward action at this new moon. And the only caveat is that Mars is debilitated. Mars is like the planet of action. And with it being debilitated, I think the, the way I interpret this, the way I think it is playing out is that it's not a bad time for action with the planet of action not functioning at its best. It's a time for more like internal action, a time for um, not the kind of action that you get like big recognition for, but the kind of action that like lays the foundation for something that you might get big recognition for later. So that's, that's the kind of energy we have going on with, with all the other stuff or, you know, other than this new moon with Mercury, Mars, and all the other stuff happening astrologically, because that's the thing, is we can talk about the new moon, we can talk about any single piece astrologically, but everything else happen, happening matters. We want to take a holistic approach to this, so just keep all of that in the background of your awareness as we start to talk about the, the new moon specifically. These, these factors that, just to reiterate, Mercury's direct, it's in Aries, Mercury being direct can make your mind a little more clear than it has been while it was retrograde. You might be feeling like you're finally able to make progress. Uh, you're quit not hitting snags as much as you might have been while Mercury was retrograde, which is awesome. Um, but the so the ruler of the sign where Mercury is direct, where it was retrograding, is now debilitated. As of last week, that's what last week's um, episode was all about. Was about Mars's debilitation. So you can dive more into that topic if you want to. Um, and so also if you want to dive more deeply into all of this stuff, stick around and listen about the astrology for yogis course that I will discuss at the end. I will give more specific details because it's opening for enrollment tomorrow. Um, we'll get there at the end, but if you want to know like all these words like dispositor and, and, um, debilitated and exalted, and you want to know what, like, all of that stuff so you can interpret this stuff better for yourself. So you can maybe even give readings to folks, stick around and listen for the end, but just keep in your awareness that it's with all the other stuff happening astrologically, it is a good time for grounded progress, right? Like, um, staying grounded in your emotions. And so that's what, with this new moon being exalted in Taurus, the moon is exalted in Taurus. It's, you might be, in a better emotional state than you've been for a while, like right at the, the new moon, it might be feeling okay. And if not, you know, obviously there's like tons of other reasons you couldn't be. So you're not like broken or wrong. If you're like, nope, still not emotionally. Okay. You know, that's fine. 
Um, but it will be a good time at this new moon to be, to cultivate that sense of connection to your emotional state, to, um, create a sense of ground groundedness in your experience because Taurus is an earth sign. Um, the moon rules over the mind and emotions. So can you be grounded in your mind and emotions? Can you, Taurus also is ruled by Venus. Venus is over there in a, uh, Mercury ruled sign in Gemini. So we just, I mean, we always have all this stuff going on all the time. Um, which is why, you know, life is crazy all the time because everything is happening all the time. Right. And just the flavor gets a little bit different over time. So basically right now we have big connections between, um, communication, action, and emotions. If I could sum all of that up and with this new moon, as you may know, I'm sure, you know, you've heard before new moons are time for setting intentions. And the reason why is because the moon is at the, the peak of the new moon, that time I gave you that 1152 AM Eastern time on the dot. Um, so almost noon on Friday, the, the is when the moon will exactly conjoin the sun in the sky. Like from our perspective, you won't be able to see the moon because it's dark, but, um, because it's a new moon, right? But if you were to look with a telescope or something, you would see, or an app, that the moon and the sun are exactly in the same place in the night sky at the same degree from our point of view, basically. And that's in the sidereal sign of Taurus this time. And so when the moon and sun are completely together, the moon is dark. You can consider that like a seed, like when you've planted a seed, it's dark it needs nurturing over the next couple weeks, like the waning moon phase, um, to kind of bring it forth. Like you can't just set intentions or plant seeds and then never nurture or pay attention to those seeds or intentions ever again. They take nurturing, right? But you have to plant the seed if you want to grow something, kind of like you have to do your new moon practice. If you want to live intentionally, you have to set the intentions at some point, but you've said, you know, it's, it's, it comes for full circle. It's not about just setting the intentions, but you can't not set the intentions. So here we are at the new moon phase. And so we've talked about the moon in Taurus. It's exalted. It's a good time to be grounded in your emotions, especially with um, Mars being debilitated in a moon in the only moon ruled sign of cancer. So we just have all these like sign exchanges going on. That's why I can't not talk about what Mercury and Mars and Venus are doing. Um, because they are all, all are playing a role in this, um, new moon in one way or another. And so, um, yeah, that Mars being debilitated, it could be a time of not feel you like you might be feeling unmotivated. So then it's a good time to re rely on discipline over motivation. Talked about that on the Mars podcast episode, but I do think at this lunar cycle, because starting this lunar cycle, we will like Mars will be debilitated throughout the entire lunar cycle. Um, and it'll be finally moving, be moving on, you know, shortly after the next new moon in the end of June. Um, and so, yeah, it's a really good time to be grounded in your emotions, take that internal action. And so let's talk about Kritika and the Nakshatra. It, it, that's the lunar mansion. I also have an article about nakshatras on my blog. If you want to read it, go to yogiscopes.com and click on articles. 
Um, or if you want to learn more about nakshatras, join the Astrology for Yogis course. It'll all be covered there. Um, and so Kritika is ruled by the sun. So I'm bringing the sun in here too. Um, it has this connection to Agni. So I've been saying for weeks now that it's a good time to purify Agni. And that is in large part because we're moving to um, Pitta season here in the Northern Hemisphere. It's always a good time to purify Agni, but then we have all these other astrological reasons for various reasons. I've been saying recently it's a good time to purify Agni. So we're going to talk about how you could um, do that with this new moon, of course. Um, but Kritika is symbolized by a sharp object or like a knife or, so, you know, cutting things away. And so that lends the quality to the, the energy of this nakshatra is one of, of cutting away things that don't matter, things that aren't as important, using the um, um, viveka, the keen discernment. So viveka is different than, <clears throat> excuse me, than judgment. So it's not that we're going around judging things as morally superior or like right or wrong, because that's really, I mean, that's why we have yoga philosophy and every other philosophy that's ever existed, because right and wrong is not an across the board thing. It's complex. Sometimes it's a little more simple, but most of the time it's complex. So that's why we need, rather than just judgment, we need discernment to discern whether something is right or wrong for us individually with our unique circumstances that we have going on at any given time. And so that's really what this new moon is about. So if there, there's never been a better time, maybe not never, but recently in the past few months, it's the best time for having, so because like I said, the intellect Mercury is, is clear and it's in a, Mercury wants to take action being in Aries and it's clear after having been retrograde for a while, probably this is, so I think the time right after a retrograde is like fantastic for the expression of that planet because hopefully the retrograde brought up all the BS that needed to be addressed and you either addressed it proactively or you were forced to because of the retrograde, right? Um, and now that the planet is direct and moving over the area of the sky that it just retrograded through, the area of your chart that it just retrograded through, it's like a second chance to do better after having your sort of problems or issues illuminated to you, um, having yourself tested. It's a time to um, prove that you learned your lesson, I guess, or not. And so, um, but you're here listening to an astrology podcast, so you already are like the kind of person that cares enough to try to be self-aware, right? Like that's the whole point. That's like what we're doing here. So I think you're going to be fine. You're going to be more fine than the people who are not paying attention at all, right? Um, so with the intellect clear, Mercury, the intellect clear and wanting to take action because it's in Aries um, and that action turned to more internal um, endeavors given that Mars, the ruler of Aries, is in the moon ruled sign of Cancer. It's a good time to take action towards your internal state. Moon is exalted in Taurus. It's a good time to be in touch with your emotions and to really take action towards protecting that internal state. Anyway, if I didn't like make it abundantly clear by now, you've 
probably got a clearer mind in the last six weeks. The moon and sun are finally moving out of sort of the grips of Rahu and Ketu for eclipse season, moving out of the shadow of Rahu and Ketu, so the luminaries are feeling more clear, right? Um, and then this nakshatra, where the new moon is, is occurring, is all about clarity, using your critical mind, right? Like having a pure approach, because the sun rules the nakshatra, Agni is the deity that rules the nakshatra, having a a pure and clear mind and pure approach at this new moon. That's what it's all about. So, um, yeah, what can you, before we get into the journal prompts, just to like reiterate, drive all the points home, um, what can you cut away in your life? So that's when, when I said um, you might be experiencing I don't know if I said you might be experiencing burnout, but, but to purify Agni, if you were experiencing burnout, um, if your Agni is not in its purified state, if you're not feeling sattvic, if you're not feeling pure, it is possible that your Agni, your, your digestive fire, your third chakra, your motivation is either too low or it's too high. That's the, the beautiful thing about all of this stuff. Yoga philosophy is all about finding the middle path, right? So you only have two options. You can either turn the volume knob down or you can turn it up, right? Um, and so that seems like an oversimplification sometimes, but, um, you know, obviously you can apply nuance to your own life, but are you experiencing burnout or are you feel experiencing, um, like, are you doing too much or are you doing not enough? Like, could you use a, a little extra spark, a little extra pep in your step? And, and so we do see sometimes with, with burnout, it's like most of the time with burnout, it's like we're doing so much that we get like inactive. So it's like kind of falling off the end of the spectrum to the other end of the spectrum. So that's a possibility, but that still shows up as burnout, that inactivity coming from doing too much. And so like I would almost argue I hardly know anybody, even people there. I have like retired people that come to my yoga classes, uh, my in-person classes here in town. And even some of them, I'm like, you're still doing a lot to be retired. You know what I mean? They, they talk about being retired and not having as much to do as when they were working or whatever. And it's like, you're still doing a shit ton of stuff. I don't know any single adult whose life is not absolutely packed to the brim full of stuff. So in, in most cases, over general generalization that, that pretty much holds true, um, most of us are doing too much and could stand to let some stuff fall away. So generally at the full moon is a time to let stuff fall away and the new moon is a time to invite new things. And also we're here at the, you know, if you're in the northern hemisphere, we're, we're entering Pitta season where it's a time to like if there was ever a time, I was saying this to somebody the other day, if there was ever a time to like overbook yourself and do more stuff than you were doing before and do too much, if anything, it's now in Pitta season. In summer, the days are longer. We have more energy naturally. Um, with the nights being shorter, our bodies actually make less melatonin. So um, it's normal to sleep more in the winter and rest more in the winter. So if you are in the Southern Hemisphere, you might be in a, in a phase of contraction you know, over, over the wheel of the year. But if you're in the, the Northern hemisphere, um, where I am, you might be in a, in an overarching phase of expansion. So that's actually, it has to do with one of the journal prompts. We'll get there in just a moment, but, um, yeah. 
do you need to cut some shit away in your life? Um, can you basically cut through the BS, whatever that means to you, and like get to the point of what you're trying to do or accomplish this year and really cut away anything? That's what Kritika is. It cuts away. Like, can you cut away anything, burn away like the fire of transformation, Agni? Um, can you cultivate tapas, that um, dedicated action to stick to the point, like quit scattering yourself over like all of these different things. And that's to a degree, like while we had Mercury retrograde during eclipse season, that energy lended itself to being scattered, at least mentally, right? And so now with this new moon, it's a good time to get back on track, get back to focus, use your keen discernment, use your Viveka, right? Um, to cut through the BS in your own mind, in your own life, and focus on what matters and focus on how you're going to bring that about, if not for the, only the next lunar cycle, but perhaps for the entire sort of Pitta season or the active time of this year as if you're in the Northern Hemisphere. If you're in the Southern Hemisphere, you know, I don't think that's, I know that we have a decent amount of Australian listeners here, it's a huge Vedic astrology community in Australia. So for y'all, as you're settling into your dark time of year, that's actually like, I think it's, you know, great because you have Mars in Cancer that might be giving you that drive to be more internal. Like it's a good time to be more internal. And so like the winter time, the, the dark time of year, cold, dark, it's a good time to just like be in your house and be internal. So it's fine. Like you're fine. Us in the Northern Hemisphere, fine. It's just, it's important to examine where you are in all of the greater expansion and contraction phases of life. So are you like, we're, we're at the outset of a, the expansion phase of a lunar cycle, right? All of us, right? Because it's a new moon, but you might be in the Southern hemisphere where you're entering a larger contraction cycle. You might be in the Northern hemisphere where this new moon beginning of a, an expansion cycle is at Pitta season, which is the beginning of an expansion cycle, right? So it's important to know you might also have other things going on in your chart, like your dasha or whatever. Um, this is why I can give these generalizations, but you're going to have to dive deeper for your personal self, and you can do that with the journal prompts, right? Um, one other notable quality I want to say about this nakshatra before I say the yoga practices is that um, the Kritika has like an adventurous quality to it, and this desire to um, fuel the fire of the, of the sun, of Agni, right, with new information and new experiences. Um, so really actually like tapping into physical activity, maybe doing a more active yoga practice at this new moon could be um, indicated. And then also, because this nakshatra is symbolized by a sharp object, really like a knife or um, like think like a scalpel, actually often folks that have Kritika Nakshatra for their moon sign in their birth chart like, can often end up being surgeons or people who like work with sharp objects for a living. Um, anyway, um, that can lead to having a sharp tongue. So use your keen discernment again for things that need to be said. And that just like, I want to reiterate that with like, um, Mars being debilitated in like, so Mars and cancer could lead to kind of like being a little extra fiery with your emotions and then 
Venus is over there in Gemini. So it's like, um, we just have all this like fiery energy going on around emotions and communication and relationships. So just be a little careful. Try not to like say some shit that you'll regret, you know, but also if you are feeling in touch with your emotions, if you're feeling in that grounded state at this new moon, it might be a time to say something that is a little hard to say or whatever. Um, it, it might give you the sort of capacity to do that. So use your discernment, right? Um, so yeah, just quick reminder, overall recap, you might have a clearer mind right now than you've had in the last six weeks. So it's a good time to use your keen discernment, use your Viveka to make decisions from a grounded place. Emotionally, it's also a good time to purify your Agni by making, by considering what activities you're doing, what endeavors you're going to pursue, um, this lunar cycle or over the larger expansion cycle of the year that you might be in or not. Um, if you're in a contraction cycle, it might be more internal endeavors. Um, are you, what activities that you're already doing are aligned with your sort of highest intention, your soul's expression? The sun is the natural Atmakarika, the natural soul's indicator um, for everybody. And so then you also have a, a, a different Atmakarika. Anyway, if you want to learn, join the Astrology for Yogis course. Um, yeah, it's, it's a time to consider what activities are serving your highest intention and perhaps use that keen discernment to cut away the ones that are not because doing so will help purify your Agni. And we have all these other ways you can purify your Agni. You can do a, a Panchakarma, like a Kitchari cleanse, or um, you can do some core work that helps. You can take care of your digestion. You can do third chakra work. Like there's lots of ways you can purify Agni. We've been exploring that in various different ways over the past several weeks on the podcast. So, um, but in general, in your yoga practice, it's a time to consider Viveka, that keen discernment, time to consider tapas, your relationship with discipline. So that's the thing with Mars being debilitated. Um, motivation is not running high, but we know that motivation is fickle anyway. So in general, it's a good thing to cultivate that tapas, that that discipline, that connection to um, doing it even when you don't feel like it, you know, to a degree. Like if you are doing so much stuff that you don't feel like that you're never getting time to rest, that's a problem too. Um, and then also for the new moon in Taurus, it's a good time for face yoga. It's for um, massaging your face, releasing tension from your face and neck um, because Taurus rules over the face and neck. So that's the kind of stuff we explored in our practices from this week. They're already uploaded in the practice library for the members or for you folks that join the meditation challenge. You'll have access to it through tomorrow. Um, anyway, so yeah. So I also, in, in just in my classes I've been teaching this week, have been asking folks when they come out of Shavasana, can you just let a little smile kind of curl across your face. Can you practice that um, at this new moon, that little like Buddhist half smile? Can you invite that? Um, uh, the, the quote that comes to mind is like a Roald Dahl. I don't know how to say his name. Roald Dahl. The, the guy that wrote um, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory. 
that author, uh, has a quote that's like, if you think good thoughts, um, they'll like shine out of your face like sunbeams or something. It's a cute quote. Um, but can you cultivate some of that at this new moon? Can you let a little smile creep across your face? Can you cultivate that joy? And especially after you're, you do some face yoga, maybe you feel like you have this lightness from your mind, this clarity of mind shining out of your face like a sunbeam. And you can carry that through your day and let that joy and lightness and equanimity touch anybody that you come in contact with. So finally, your journal prompts. Number one, what do you need to cut out of your life to make room for what you are hoping to manifest in this lunar cycle or in the greater expansion of the year? Can you examine where you are on that greater like creation or destruction continuum in the grand scheme of your life? So that could be having to do with what season you're in, what hemisphere you're in, um, but then you might also look at other factors in your birth chart, like what Dasha you're in, all this other stuff. Um, and second question, do you hide behind a tough exterior? So that's, I don't know if I actually said this during the episode, but um, there is a quality of Kritika Nakshatra and Taurus to a degree um, of, of just being like, like very sweet and nurturing internally, but having a sort of tough exterior. Um, so what's your relationship with nurturing yourself and others and being nurtured and vulnerability and that diplomacy piece? Do you struggle with diplomacy? Are you more of the one with the sharp tongue and you just be saying shit that you maybe shouldn't say that like um, might hurt people to so like cut deep? Can you examine your relationship with um, being vulnerable, you know, opening yourself to vulnerability with other people? Um, and doing it in a diplomatic way that's not, um, cutting deep with your tongue, right? Um, can you soften that tough exterior some if you experience that? And then number three, do you uh, actively seek out new knowledge and adventures in your life? Or are there any specific areas or subjects you would like to explore further? Because this Nakshatra has this quality of wanting to fuel the fire with new information and experiences and learning and to go on adventures. Um, that's why I thought this new moon would be a perfect time to open enrollment for the Astrology for Yogis course. So you have until tomorrow at the strike of the new moon. It'll, it will be after that, after about noon Eastern time, that I will be sending out the enrollment for... Um, for the folks on the wait list. If you're interested in joining Astrology for Yogis and you're not on the wait list, you can join on Monday, starting Monday the, what is that, the 22nd. So enrollment will be open until the 27th. No, sorry, wrong month. Um, 25th, which is Thursday. I should know that date off of the top of my head because Friday, next Friday, the 26th will be our kickoff call. So you can sign up from tomorrow about noon until next Thursday at 11.59 p.m. Eastern Time. We'll have more details coming your way about the program, but the folks on the waitlist get first access. So I don't know why you wouldn't sign up for the waitlist because also, um, I hadn't even considered whether I was going to say this out loud or not, the bonus that is coming to the folks on the waitlist, maybe if you've been thinking about signing up and you haven't signed up yet, is for only folks that are signed up on the waitlist will receive 
one year of monthly one-on-one -on -one mentoring calls with me. So you can start that year right as soon as you start the program. Actually, everybody that signs up will get an onboarding call with me. Because this is a brand new program, I it will be more intimate and more um, personalized and high touch than it will ever be in the future, which it'll always have like, like it's never going to be just a self-paced course, astrology for yogis. Um, um, but anyway, it's if you want to have really personalized and in-depth mentorship in learning Vedic astrology and learning how to personalize your yoga practices. And if you're a teacher, it turns out most of you are, I think, um, just from like I've done polls and just from talking to the, those of you that I've talked to, the ones that I hear from are yoga teachers. And so we will also have like there will be some elements of sequencing in the course of sequ sequencing around um, Vedic astrology, how to build those classes and practices that your students just like, even if you don't say a word about astrology in the class, because I teach at the Y and I apply this stuff at the YMCA where I teach and people like 90% of the people that come there, if I mention astrology, they're like, they check out. Um, I have a few that, that enjoy it, but, but I get these like, you know, the, the Yogi stoned look when they come up from Shavasana and get the feedback all the time that that class was right on time. It was exactly what they needed. So if you want to hear more of that from your students, we'll talk about how to do that in this course, because everybody's experiencing this astrological stuff, whether they pay attention to it or not. So, um, so yeah, so if you want to learn what I'm dubbing the Yogi Scopes method, how to um, tailor your yoga practices to Vedic astrology. You're going to learn your chart most in depth because that's, you know, and that's the one-on-one -on -one mentoring. If you sign up for the wait list, um, before I send out the, the, um, email tomorrow afternoon, you know, so if you sign up for the wait list before the strike of the new moon, um, you will receive that one-on-one -on -one mentoring when you enroll in the course. Um, and then also folks on the wait list will get first dibs because there's limited spots because I'm, I'm making it so personalized and so high touch, but then you also will have option to, you know, continue participating in the live sessions, live calls, future cohorts will only have a limited amount of live calls. So anyway, I have a whole detailed sheet that will answer hopefully all of your questions, um, that will go out to the wait list folks first tomorrow. They'll have first shot at signing up and then it, I will put out more details to everybody over the course of next week. And if you want to sign up, you certainly can, but I don't know why you wouldn't get on the wait list if you're already thinking that this, you're ready to step into that role of Vedic astrologer. I can't tell you how many other yoga teachers I've heard tell me that, that learning Vedic astrology is on their someday list of like trainings that they want to do. Um, now is a perfect time because of this new moon. Like I, I chose this time to launch the course very um, intentionally, astrologically. It's been in the works for a really long time. And of course, I was ready a few weeks ago, but I held off until it made more sense astrologically because, well, you know, that's how I live my life. And um, I wanted it to make sense for, for all of us. It's a good time at this new moon to like set that intention to bring in new information to lay the foundation of your sort of spiritual workings better. And so why not do that by learning Vedic astrology. So if you want to sign up for the waitlist, go to yogiscopes.com slash A-F-Y dash waitlist. It's linked in the show notes in the description. If you would like, there will also be a chance 
to book a one-on-one -on -one call with me, of course, um, like to get your questions answered about the course, the folks on the wait list will get first access to that. And there's limited spots for that too, because there's only so many hours in the day. There's only a few days next week that enrollment will be open. So hit me with your questions. Um, happy new moon. Please remember to always keep your feet on the ground, your head in the stars and stay in the light until next time, friends. Take care.